0: You know, honestly, it seems like yesterday we were in LA, finishing up a bowl game and a championship weekend, and uh, it, it just it really flew by. Great season, tons of fun, but reality sets in real quick. Fall camp '22 is here, and huge challenge ahead of us. A um, lot of new faces, lost a lot of productivity uh, that have gone on to do other things. Several still still playing and hopefully able to make rosters, but uh, there's um, you know tremendous challenge when you consider the productivity that graduated, the new faces and the shoes that they have to fill. In fact, that the schedule's a good bit tougher. You, know, you trade you know, Washington State for Alabama. Uh, you trade uh, New Mexico State for UConn with a new coach and probably a brand new roster, a BYU ro- uh, road game as opposed to playing at home. And even Weber State uh, over North Dakota, I think Weber State's one of the best, you know, one double A teams in the country. So everything just gets tougher. And a, and a conference that's going to see you coming. There's going uh, to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table and how competitive we can be. It's just a, it's a huge challenge. Uh, I think our guys have um, had a really, really good summer and, and prepared well. We gave them the last week to get away, kind of refresh their minds and their bodies before jumping into fall camp. Uh, and uh, just the energy in the building already with guys rolling in. Has been has been nothing but positive, but the expectations are through the roof, both fan base and within the building, and, and we'll uh, we'll get to work and and see hopefully what we can we can create over the next month before we we get the opportunity to play UConn here at home. So there's some there's some key features on both sides of the ball that that fall camp needs to answer for us, and we're gonna we're gonna take the same approach we took a year ago, be 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 the best we can be every day, one degree better every day. Control what we can control. High work level, high intensity level. Be in the best shape we possibly can be, and and hope that um, you know in the fourth quarter we're right to where we need to be to to compete and find a way to win games late. So we'll uh, we'll stick to our formula and our, and our approach, and I think these kids know that it is it is if we'll do that well that it gives us a chance to be successful every week. So, what questions do you have? I'd be happy to answer.
1: Them. Coach, can I ask you? You've been in this a long time. Is that another way of saying I'm old? No, but I'm older than you. I know. That's good. I'm good. But what I'm saying is it seems like the philosophy of what we see in practice now is even different. You don't hit and tackle as much. Is that fair to say from where it used to be to where it is nowadays?
0: Yeah, well, and I think this, and you wouldn't have to look back all that far for there to be more contact. The game has, they're with us longer. We have them year-round back before the days when they would go home uh, fall camp was more about getting them in shape now fall camp is about maintaining the shape they're already in and fine tuning we have eliminated a lot of the, con- the a lot of the contact in practice we only tackle to the ground a handful of times some of that is by by rule by NCAA rule and regulations in terms of best practices some of it is we've gotten smarter about about how we can teach and we can stay on our feet more and still get a lot out of it. Uh, we want these guys to be healthy, you know, game 10, 11, 12, 13, not just healthy one, two, and three. And so we've had to be smarter about how we approach things. So, yeah, it's safe to say that we have we have gotten better at practicing up on our feet without as many collisions, taking the head out of a lot of that, taking tackling to the ground out of a lot of that. Uh, but that also puts a tremendous amount of pressure on the coaches and the players to be able to teach fundamentals and technique in that environment. And tackling to the ground, I mean, ultimately the best way to do that is to go out and do that. And you just can't physically do that all the time. So we've uh, we found a, a pattern that works for us. And, and I think a lot of people have very similar approaches.
1: And the other thing you just said a few minutes ago, you think fall camp has a couple of key areas to answer. Maybe you don't want to answer that totally, but can you, can you expound on that? No, I think,
0: I think they're pretty obvious when you consider, you know, offensively we've got two interior spots. Both guard spots are wide open. Likely that maybe even a young guy that hasn't played a whole lot or at all is going to have to step in one of those spots. I think that's going to be con- critical to the success. Your center, your tackles are all intact, all have played. Even Even the backup center and the backup tackles have played and started games, so you feel better. But those two guard spots – have to materialize in a way that we can run the ball better than we did a year ago. We were adequate, but not explosive. We've got to be better, especially in situations where everybody in the stadium, including you guys and us, we all know we're going to run it. we got to be better in those areas, and those two interior spots have a big factor in that. Um, You know, finding that number two, that number three, three running back. We know Calvin is the guy and and likely will continue to be the guy if he can stay healthy, Who's gonna who's gonna take load off his back? Who's gonna step in as the two, the three? What's that room gonna look like as it solidifies? I think that's a big question. And we we, we need to do um, we need to find that fairly quickly, I think, so that we can get up and running. The wide receiver room lost a ton of productivity. Now you guys that watch Spring realize we brought in some veteran players that can impact that room in a big, big way, but we haven't played a game yet. And so can they go out and do that on a weekly basis at the level that that group last year did? Um, I love what they've brought in the spring, but I just feel like there's so much respect that has to be given to the game itself against an opponent on a weekly basis, and and that's still a remain-to-be-seen kind of conversation. And then I think on offense, DT's presence, his energy level, his leadership that he brought to the practice field every day. If you get paying attention, they have noticed it in Tampa Bay. He is—he has an infectious energy and work ethic about him, and it's going to show on offense. Um, defensively, Justin Rice and Nick Henninger and Marcus Moore, their productivity, their leadership on a daily basis, football IQ that they brought to the table. We have, again, again brought in some veteran transfer-type players that can do that, but they've got to go do it in game settings um that's that's asking a lot and we saw those guys step up in the spring and against us every day did some really really good things but how are they can look when UConn rolls in how are they gonna look at Tuscaloosa how they're going to look you know on the road for a conference game to me those are those are all very critical steps that have to have to show themselves fairly fairly early
1: coach Anderson um we saw in the spring game that Anthony Switzer it looked looked to be pretty serious. What's his status? How is he reco- how's his recovery going? And if, if if he is out, who are the guys that you're counting on to really battle
0: for that? You know, that's, that's going to be a, a little bit of a position by committee early. So Switzer did tear his ACL in that in that game, and had surgery uh, immediate following uh, spring ball. He um, he is well on track and ahead of schedule physically. I would love to think we'll get him back at the end of the season for four games. Uh, that's a little bit, you know, that's a little bit um, being optimistic. And, and if we did lose him for the entire season, obviously he's gonna benefit from in the, in the long run. Uh, I think there's probably a, another key position of need that probably should have been in that defensive list. How do we fix that? Is it with a linebacker? Is it with a safety? Uh, is one, are one of the young guys gonna step up and step in uh, we did bring in uh, a transfer over the summer, and, and we're hoping that, that that will solidify. But he's not cleared yet to practice. So, I mean, to me, that is that's a position that on a daily basis you may see a different guy. And hopefully, by scrimmage two, it has settled in, solidified, and we've kind of taken figured out what the approach is. It going to be a four five with a safety playing the position. Is it going to be a more a little bit more of a four three field with more of a linebacker playing that position? Are we going to sub-personnel based off the people that we're playing? Until we have an every-down player, that position is is way up in the air.
1: Coach, you talked about bringing in veterans this year. You brought them in last year, too. I know at Arkansas State you didn't really use the transfer portal. So I'm curious, how do you feel about the portal today with the experience you had last year with this team, the guys you
0: brought, maybe you did before? Well, the transfer portal wasn't – it wasn't the same dynamic that it is now. At Arkansas State, we – We did bring in transfers, but it it tended to be um, a little bit different. And and obviously we we had a lot of junior college players as well. The immediate eligibility within transfer portal, I thought we did a great job a year ago at, at bringing in guys that factored in on the field. And if you go back and look, it was a great blend of transfer players with the current roster. And it gelled really, really well. Staff did a good job identifying the right guys. I think we've done the same thing in the offseason uh, with key players in, in the areas of, of the most need. Um, we mentioned DT, the wide receiver room, defensive end, where Henninger's Hinderger, gone, um, middle linebacker, where we lose Justin Rice. You know, three techniques. We, we did the best we could at using the free agency market, the transfer portal, to bring in guys that we thought could step in in some capacity. Now the question is can a guy come in and play at the same level? can he exceed the level of who graduated or is it going to take collectively collectively maybe the entire room um, and i and I see that being the case in some places it the transfer portals here it's not going anywhere it's probably going to get even a little bit more different and maybe even a little bit more accessible for the players I think there's a very there's a likelihood it's going to go from one time transfer to Anytime transfer, I think those are things we see maybe coming in the very near future. So, whether you like it or don't, I just feel like as a head coach, whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, it is the landscape of college ball. You best figure out a way to maneuver it and manage it the best you can. We're never going to go all transfer portal, we're going to blend it with the high school and junior college ranks. I think we've done that two years in a row, we'll continue to do that now. How heavy you go or how light you go, I think, is dictated off what you're gonna lose off your roster. And do you really see young guys having bridged that gap, ready to step into those roles or not? And so to me, it's gonna be a year-to-year conversation. Do we have a young guy that's been on the roster for a few years that's ready to take that role? If that's the case, we would stay out of the portal. We would would utilize what we have on campus. If we see there's a gap, then probably we're gonna hit the portal of the junior college ranks to try to be immediately competitive, until maybe one of the younger players does develop. And so I think that is a day-to-day, year-to-year conversation. And you may have a a feeling of it in January and coming out of spring ball, have a completely different feeling. Or in Switzer's case, an injury may occur. And so I think how people maneuver that is important to their success on a yearly basis. And then there's a character component and an an environment component that not only physically do they have to be able to fit what you need, but they culturally, they have to be able to come in and add positive to your culture as well. And and that may be the missing piece that that is hard to see, but has a really, really big impact.
1: Coach, can I ask you along the lines of that? Have you seen, would Arkansas State, Utah State, their rosters now have players that were at Alabama, Miami, USC, Texas, all these things. Have you seen talent better on the roster at Utah State and Arkansas State than you saw before, with what you even saw last year, were they more talented players because they went to bigger
0: schools? Uh, not necessarily. I think, yeah, I think um, you know, I think, we, I think we've had guys probably in the first. One. Yeah, but I, I think some of the same guys have ended up on the roster in the past, just through waivers or or, or redshirt years. And, and you know, I think back to seven years at Arkansas State, I had guys from OU and. Miami and Alabama on my roster now, the transition is a little bit more seamless and maybe a little bit more immediate. Uh, maybe the number's a little bit higher, but we've developed some some of the best players i 've had of guys we've graduated out of high school, recruited out of high school, developed out of high school, and gone on to you know do a phenomenal job so it's it 's been each each base each each case is an individual. Uh, it's not it's not not. i mean obviously there's some really talented guys available in the portal but i think you'll also pay attention a lot of those guys are just going power five to power five they're looking for more playing time or better nil deal or different culture or whatever so it's not just that we're all loading up our rosters with power five players we're we're going out and finding other group five players power five players junior college players really all the above and and finding what fits our our need. Uh, we've had some really talented teams in the past. So I think it'd be, it would be probably naive on my part to just assume that all of a sudden we've got more talent because I think we do a great job of developing guys too. And some very under-recruited players coming out of high school have a chance to develop and exceed all those guys. I mean, I take a kid like Omar Bayless that played wide out for us at Arkansas State that's still in the NFL that, you know, honestly was completely unheard of coming out of high school just a couple offers and and now is playing at the next level jd McKissick's on year seven or eight in the nfl with the washington redskins and had one or two offers at of high school so i think there's a lot of those guys too that that get overlooked that didn't need the portal didn't start at a power five just needed time to develop and devin thomkins is one of those guys you know Derek wright is in camp nobody knew who he was till a year ago so i, I think I think it's a very good blend of all of the above. The transfer portal just allows you to affect your roster immediately, as opposed to having waiting, you know, maybe waiting three years for some of those guys to develop. Maybe in a Derek Wright's case, maybe four or five years till he develops.
1: Were you aware of Levi Williams when he was a
0: high school player? And what's he just he bar- high just high barely? Um, we did recruit Texas at Arkansas State. We did evaluate him. We had already filled that spot, so really we didn't get actively involved in the recruiting process. Uh, we really didn't get to know about him here uh, until we got late in the season and, and knew he was on the roster uh, against us. So, um, you know, we weren't we weren't in the market to be involved in recruiting him out of high school, like like we might have been had we already been here for a few years. How's he done since he he's here? Done a great job. Uh, he's. He competed really well for the number two spot in the spring. I don't think he did enough to surpass what Cooper is able to do. Cooper, I think, showed us all in the bowl game he's more than capable, and he only got better in the spring. So he's going to make it extremely hard on Levi to pass him up. But what he did do is add some stability to the room that we've got a very competitive number two spot, and, and he is going to uh, make it only harder on whoever, you know, whoever ultimately ends up winning that spot. We also brought in a couple of high school guys that have already over the summer shown real quickly we've we've got um Chase Tuatak a little from out of out of um Salt Lake City and uh Bishop Davenport out of Houston. Both those guys have all the skill level to be very good players. So I, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun, you know see how that thing develops in the future. And, and hopefully none of those guys have to play. Hope, hopefully Logan Bonner stays healthy and lights it up. But we know how ball – we know how it is. I mean, you know, helmet gets knocked off, a concussion, an injury. Somebody's got to step in and play, and we need to be able to win when they do. So.
1: Coach, you talked about – we've been talking a lot about transfers, but you also mentioned development. Yeah. By and large, most of this roster is players that are developing in the program. Mm-hmm. What underclassmen – which underclassmen do you see – Have you seen from the spring what would have done in the summer that look like they're going to be
0: able to take that next step for you this year? Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of young guys that that stand out um, offensively, Kyle Van Leeuwen in the slot position, Nana Davis in the slot position. Both those guys have a chance to step in. And and really, I mean, some big shoes to fill with Brandon and DT graduating. Uh, On the outside, we're really pushing uh, Otto Tia, wanting him to step up. You know, Brock and, and Sturz are both at the tight end spot or guys who are already on the roster that are developing that have a chance to do that. We mentioned maybe one of the biggest keys of what happens those two interior spots on the offensive line and two young guys that battled that are battling, uh, Aaliyah Mageo and uh, Wade and Lapuahu, Both those guys are, are trying to make it really hard for those veteran guys on the roster to, to keep their jobs. So I think you've got those kind of things happening all over the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, um, I would tell you uh, that there's a handful. You know, AJ Carter has moved outside at corner. Um, trying to think off the top of my head, who um, that safety? Name is slipping my mind right now. Who's my safety from here in the Dang Valley? Um, oh, well, I, um, Ike, 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 Ike Larson. Ike Larson. Ike Larson. Sorry, Ike, if you listen. Uh, I think Ike has a chance to make make a big step there. Cassie up front on the defensive line. Paul Fitzgerald and and Enoka uh, Mageo, the twin brother, uh, at the defensive end spot. So there's a lot of those, and probably a ton that I've just you know slipped my mind right now. And you put me on the spot, but it's good that you do. I think there's a ton of those possibilities on the roster, and and honestly, some that that we haven't really even kind of identified. The the jump you can make from one season to the next we've seen could be huge, and, and and those things played themselves out on the field last year. In guys like DT and guys like Derek Wright, um, that really had had virtually no, you know, very little, if if at all, productivity the year before, to obviously massive seasons, uh, you know, last year, and 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 so we're, if we can find one or two of those kind of stories this season, then it's going to make us, make us a lot better. Well, he's a super smart guy, number one. He does everything you ask him to do. Uh, he's in the starting huddle for a reason. If he can stay healthy, you know, who knows how good he can be. You throw him and MJ Tafisi in there, who's a transfer from Washington, and, and we honestly need him to be. You lose Justin Rice, who was like having a coach on the field. He was telling everybody where the ball was going before it went, you know, kind of broke, kind of broke pattern a lot of times and stepped out just out of feel and instinct and made big plays. So we need A.J. to step up. We need M.J. to do the same and solidify that uh, that position, which was the key position for us last year defensively. It's going to be key in one way or the other this year, hopefully in a positive way.
1: Coach, you can't answer this question unless he's actually signed. So, uh, <laughs> okay. You had a verbal commitment from a junior college offensive lineman earlier this week. H- has he signed?
0: Has uh, not signed yet. We so are, so we are expecting question. to add a couple – bodies today and okay. if all the if all the dominoes fall in the right direction, we've got two O linemen that we expect to add to the ranks today or within the next couple of days that will solidify that room. We're just we're trying to get as much depth up there, as much size as we can and we've really have not stopped recruiting all summer.
1: Coach, can I ask you about the schedule? Obviously it's the Hawaii game being on the road. Yeah. And also
0: starting week zero to starting September. Well, I don't understand week zero. I mean, it's week one for us. I don't know. I mean, I, that's beyond me. We we play we play the first game, UConn. It just happens to be a week earlier than some other folks. Uh, yeah, I think the open week, the extra open week, just with the pounding of the season benefits us as opposed to playing another game. It, it's a tough schedule, uh, as I mentioned before. It's just some of the trades. The one double-A tra- double trade, I think, is an upgrade in talent. Weber's phenomenal football team. Going from New Mexico State to UConn, I know UConn doesn't have a great record, but new head coach, they hit the portal extremely hard. Physically, they're going to be a bigger, more physical football team than we played in New Mexico State. And, I mean, you're going to play the number one team in the country. And Alabama, if not number one, number two, somewhere in, at that point is really no different. And then having to go on the road to BYU. So it's it's tougher the trip to Hawaii is a challenge in itself, and then really the the recovery to get back here, get rested, play the next week, maybe even bigger than that. Um, it's it's, it's gonna be a big challenge. I told guys, it's gonna be way harder than it was a year ago. So we'll see what they're willing to do and what we're capable of doing. But the schedule is not favorable in that sense. Now you do have Air Force coming here at home, which is obviously one of the best teams in the league. But we got, to, we got some tough trips, too, and we're going to finish at Boise, and it'll be it'll be early morning, cold probably, and hopefully that – I'm just hoping by the time we get there, that game really matters. I really do. I hope we've done an, enough that that game is critical, and it'll take care of itself at that point. But it's a, it's a tough schedule. It's a tough challenge. Coach, on
1: to that you, you guys played really well away last year mm-hmm. in some of those
0: Well, the us-against-the-world mentality is front and center when you realize that nobody respects this football team going in. It's it's a little bit more maybe than a year ago, but not a lot. Now, these guys have been picked preseason for much of anything, a couple watch lists, picked to finish middle of the pack in the league. and So I think they just realize it's what you earn. It's not – you earn respect. It's not given. And and that's fine. I, I, we like kind of being in that environment. We'll have more eyes on us than we did a year ago this time. But – but I don't think it's drastically different. Uh, we're going to have to go out and prove ourselves. The, the success we had on the road, there's a lot of guys that were on that travel squad that understand the way we approach things. We're not going to change our approach. We're going to control what we can control, you know, really focus on being in great shape, focus on rest, nutrition, how we practice, as you kind of alluded to earlier, and, and try to you know, hope that formula continues to work for us. You know, we had some really tough home games, some tough opponents, and, and did not uh, didn't have as good a home record as we did on the road. But if we hadn't gone eight and on the road, we're not you know we don't finish eleven and three. So um, I think these guys probably carry some confidence about that what we do and how we do travels well, and that it really doesn't matter where we play. But it's a it's a it's a different team. This team's got to prove themselves. Uh, we don't get any points for last year. We did yeah, just we just felt like um, we needed some some more opportunity in that, that that room to maybe play by committee a little bit, and uh, Wilmore comes in with having been on some power five rosters, and I think people in the state are somewhat familiar with him at one point he was he was listed as a starting tailback at Utah at least for a game or two. Um, some staff changes and different things, dynamics at places that he that he was at just made him available to us. And we felt like he could challenge other guys in the room, don't know where he's going to fit, didn't promise him anything but an opportunity. But we did feel like it was a need to to bring in another guy that has played at this level and could maybe add a role, however big, however small. Um, injury is always a concern too. Losing Noah like we did to the transfer portal, you know, I think it was the right move. So we bring in a high school player, in Briggs, we bring in a transfer player in Wilmore, and there'll be a couple other bodies in the room that that have an opportunity to compete. But on the surface, those are two guys we felt like it could impact the room, you know, the quickest. Do you have any thoughts on the last few years that Penn State's
1: uh, players
0: are starting to? Uh, sure. They want to meet with a commissioner, I believe, about a union unionized, right? Yeah, as a chapter of the players association. Yeah. I'm not sure that it surprises me that, that we're in this territory a little bit with all this happened with NIO and the transfer and kind of looking back to what happened at Northwestern uh, with their with their athletes a, a year or two ago but don't know all the dynamics to it uh, interesting to see how that's going to progress I'm glad they're dealing with it and we're not at this point but uh, not completely surprised that some of these kind of conversations are coming up considering what has happened so much there's been a been a lot of change in the last 24 to 48 months of college football and probably more to come. So that is probably a natural progression in some way. But I don't have I don't have an opinion on it. Other than that, it doesn't surprise me. Coach,
1: you already highlighted a few players in your defense, but do you, who do you see as your some of your defensive leaders this year? Because you graduated a few, but there are some guys who were impact players last year who are still back for you. But...
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the leadership role – is, is kind of remains to be seen. We saw some guys, A.J. Bonga Pachan in the spring, by Vaughn with his energy every day. Uh, you know, Halle's been a... He, he went to the media day for a reason. He's kind of the, he's kind of the father of the, that group. Um, MJ Tafisi, even though he's new, coming in from Washington, was a very stable body. Uh, Hunter Reynolds has is, is been a very vocal, very consistent... But I, I'm anxious to see, as we get a little further in if there's maybe some other guys that solidify some roles that, uh, Daniel Grzak, he by the end of spring was starting a defensive end and his energy level was very similar to what we got out of Nick a year ago. And he didn't necessarily have to be vocal, but he brought, he elevated everybody else around him by kind of how hard he played and how hard he worked. So he could have an impactful um, kind of role, not just the productivity, but just his uh, presence. And, and and there may be a couple guys that, that do the same, Gervin Hall, has a chance to do that. Uh, do we get Dom Tatum back on the field? You know, he's coming off injury and, and has a chance to step right back in, and he was a phenomenal leader for us before. Um, so it, that is that is going to kind of just determine, you know, what that defense looks like. And there's some big shoes to fill, there's no doubt, and Justin Rice and Nick Henninger both. Jack Baum was a great leader in the back end. But we I think we've got some guys that can can do that and maybe in a different way. And then
1: just kind of a follow-up, just we have had some defensive players
0: kind of answer in reverse I, I do think there could be some shuffling around the nickel position is is one that we have to kind of solidify and there's a lot of different ways to attack that problem so uh, there could be some maneuvering there you know really the primary move was AJ moving from the safety position out to corner and I think we realized real quickly in the spring that that was a good fit for him the length that he brings he's got the twitch to play out there uh, so, so I, I expect him to have a big role uh, Jamie Nance, you know, just the last few days of spring, we were able to see enough that we felt like we've got him in the right spot by moving him to the corner. Anxious to see how he how he responds in competitive work every day, uh, but there there could still be some other shuffling around depending on, you know, kind of how the next couple of weeks goes, but but just none off the top of my head that, that we're already anticipating having to having to make. Coach,
1: what are the expectations physically for the team reporting to fall camp now, like- what have they been doing with, with Coach Jackson? Has it been aerobic stuff? Has it been just building muscle? Like, what are you hoping to see from your guys?
0: Well, we needed to get bigger and stronger. So we focused on that in the offseason. We made some gains. Uh, Coach Jackson was was really pleased with just guys' bodies are changing a little bit. Uh, it's year two into it with a full offseason. Last year was a little bit of abbreviated abbreviated offseason, just trying to get acclimated to what we're doing. Uh, but mainly, we want to have we want to have the ability to play physical ball in this league, which you have to do. We're not going to be bigger than anybody, but we've got to be able to match that physicality uh, up in the trenches especially. And the way we play, we've got to have, we've got to have gas in our tank late. I thought they did a great, great job this summer. It was a week shorter based off the calendar than it was a year ago, but we were able to hit the same benchmarks that we hit a year ago with one week less, which to me is a good indicator that we're on the right track going into fall camp. Now we got to get in football shape. We're in great running shape, we're in great lifting shape, and now we got to get in great football shape, and that's what the next month is about. And, and his input is just as critical as the coordinators on, on being able to do that. Um, but we, we attacked the problem of physically being able to hold up up front. We're in areas last year where we got pushed around a little bit at, at times and still maintaining speed and the ability to run late in the games, which is where we won games last year. So that's a balance, and it's not always one that's easy to obtain.
1: Coach, you were nominated as a part of the AFCA Good Works team. Can you just – I know you talk about a and in spades, but can you talk about your relationship with the community, especially after one year, how the community's kind of fell in love with you and you and Brady and your family have had the same mutual feeling for
0: them? Yeah, I'm not sure that I have been out in the community quite as much um, as I had hoped to be. Obviously, life happens, and we've kind of – we've kind of pulled back over the last four months just to really concentrate on trying to heal from losing my son. But what I've noticed is the community reached out to us in kind, uh, knowing that we were going through a lot. So many people in the community have reached out to us to comfort us. And um, I, I've said this, and I mean it, and there's just no way better way to explain that the Valley and the people in the Valley and the fan base have exceeded every expectation about of what I had coming in of, Of how they would uh, support us, love on us, uh, in good times and in bad. It's not all been perfect. Obviously, you win 11 games. There's a lot of a lot of positive, a lot of fun things. But there were times that were disappointments. There have been hurdles that we've had to cross, and none bigger than losing Cason like we did in February. And um, yeah, we feel very connected to the valley, people in it, and uh, appreciate you know the support both on but off the field, maybe even more. How are you and Brittany and the family doing? We are making it the best we can. To be honest with you, I'm glad to be getting back into football and around the guys every day, but uh, we're broken, and we're going to be that way for a while. And we have to learn how to do life that way. And uh, the support has been amazing. We appreciate everybody's respect and support for what we're going through. But uh, I'm a different person than I was in February. And I have to learn to do my job and be the person God wants me to be in the face of adversity. And it's been the toughest four months of my life. And I'm hoping and praying that as the season progresses that I can share our story, share our witness, and our faith in Christ in the midst of the toughest time uh, in a way that uh, helps other people and also hope that I can be what these guys and the staff and our fans need me to be every day. So uh, I would just encourage people to continue to pray for us and lift us up where you can and understand that we're coming to battle every day. We're going to give them the best we got.